Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Muse Room. My name's Katie, and I will be your host as we meander into the lives of inspiring and creative people. This is a hub for makers, thinkers, and anyone else that is doing the work that they truly want to be doing. listeners thank you so much for tuning in i hope you've had a good week thank you for returning to the podcast and welcome to those that are new i'm so happy you're here on this week's show i chat with samantha from sw designs she is the lady behind the hand embroidered shirts that you may have seen on instagram or at the cleveland flea i talked to her about what she wanted to be when she grew up her journey into starting a business her creative process her roadblocks and more We'll get into our chat soon, but first I wanted to tell you about the discount code. Since you're tuning into the podcast, you get a special 10% discount when you purchase something from SW Designs. Just type in the code MUSEROOM when you check out. This offer is good until November 30th, so I would jump on that as soon as possible. And one more thing before we get into the interview. I just wanted to let you know that this conversation was recorded in a coffee shop, so you will hear some chatter in the background and the buzz of a coffee grinder. I do apologize for this, but I don't believe that it will distract from the actual interview too much. All right, without further ado, here is Samantha. Enjoy. So thank you so much for coming today yeah. and being on my podcast. Thank I'm you so for excited. having me. I love it. I'm li- I've listened. Oh, cool. I've seen you now at the event. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm so excited. So the first question I want to ask you is, what did you want to be when you grew up? Uh, I, it changed a lot over the years, I would say. Mm-hmm. I think when I was really little, I like wanted to be a teacher. Then I wanted to be a marine biologist. Um, trying to yeah it changed a lot I would say I did think about fashion design when I was younger even though I kind of like forgot about it once I got to college but um I mean when I was in middle school and high school like my doodles in my notebooks were dresses like Mm -hmm. I would draw prom dresses and wedding dresses and stuff like that and it wasn't until later that I looked back and was like Duh, like why right. why did I not think about this when I went to college? But so, so yeah. what did you go to college for? Um originally I just went to community college. Mm-hmm. Um I got an associates in business. Um and then I transferred to Kent and took a year of nutrition. Oh. I I don't know why. <laughs> just searching. <laughs> yeah, I was looking for something. I think I was trying to think of something practical that mm-hmm. I would enjoy. Um but after a year of chemistry classes, mm-hmm. I was like, nope, this isn't, this that isn't for me. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really terrible. Um, I actually, I talked to my best friend and she was like, you know it's all like a fashion. That's what you, mm-hmm. that's what you should be doing. So mm-hmm. I did transfer once I was at Kent for a year into the fashion design program and that's what I got my degree in. Okay. Um, so it took a long time to get there. Um, the program's really intensive, so you really have to start over. So it was like four years oh, wow. from that point. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But yeah, it was worth it. And when did you graduate? 2015, mm-hmm. I believe. So you went to, so how long were you in school before you decided to? Um, three years. I think I ended up going for seven and a half mm-hmm. years total. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think stuff like that's really helpful for people to hear. Just because yeah. I feel like everyone thinks like, oh, all of a sudden yeah. you're, you're living the life. Yeah. But that's not how it is. So yeah, it totally. For people to understand where other people are coming from. Yeah, I think it's really important when you go, like, to know what you really like. Mm-hmm. I was bouncing around and spending money to find out which, yeah. what I really enjoyed, and that was that was tough. No, totally. I went to school for dance yeah. in Cincinnati at the Conservatory of Music, and I was there for four years, and it was a great experience, but I did not need to spend and be in all of this debt just to yeah, get a degree there. Exactly. So and that I, was I my two years of community college because I took classes in high school were paid for. So two of my years were free, but I still went for seven and a half. So it still doesn't really because right. I didn't know what I wanted to do, so I was yeah. taking classes just to take them. Yeah. And it yeah, I think it makes you well rounded in some mm-hmm. ways, but that's true. It's mm-hmm. It's a balance. I don't know. Yeah, I would. I would. If I, whenever I have kids, I would encourage them to maybe not go to school right away. If, yeah. Because I feel like how how do you really know what you want to do at that age? I know. I think. I think. Yeah. If you're not positive, there's no shame in not going. Yeah. Or just exploring mm-hmm. other things. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no shame. Sure. I guess there's no shame in going, but no. no shame. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. And that's what I. I enjoy school. Yeah. I wish I could still take classes and do mm-hmm. things, but yeah. Now that I'm done, I'm like, oh, no, I'm never going back. There's no, no way. <laughs> yeah, especially because now you can learn so much on the internet. There's like oh, so many online courses and workshops. Yeah. So much. So yeah, there's great. so many other ways to get experience in what you're interested in. Yeah. Yeah. So when you graduated college, did you go right into a full-time job? Um, I pretty much did. Yeah, I was lucky. I graduated in December. I think of 2015. I don't know why I can't remember. Um, And I was applying for jobs around here. Um, I was just serving because that's what I was doing in college. Right. Um, And I actually applied for a, I think it was an operations manager or some operations position at a company. And they brought me in and they said, okay, well, we can talk to you about that job, but we have a graphic design position open, you have design experience, like, is that something you're interested in? I didn't think it was anything I was even qualified to do, right. um, but I said yes, and I was like, if you'll let me, absolutely. Um, so I've been working at University Tees for a little over a year and a half now. Okay. Um, so it, just like you were saying, like, learning things online, like, I had some computer experience, but not a ton, so, like, I've done so many graphic design courses on Skillshare and things like that, Um, so, yeah, that's what I've been doing kind of since graduation full-time. I was pretty lucky to find a job that is at least a creative position in Cleveland. Um, There's not a ton of fashion design jobs in Ohio, obviously. Yeah, so Um, what does that like what do you do at that job like what does your everyday look like so we make custom t-shirts a lot of the customer base is um, Greek 
life, so a lot of fraternities and sororities. So um, it's just designing the custom orders that come in for the shirts. Um, so we have a lot of pre-made designs, and that's kind of what I do. So we'll have like um, our catalog online, and a customer will find one, and we'll customize it to their organization and their event and that kind of stuff. Cool. So yeah, it's yeah. a lot of... A lot of computer work. Oh, cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and then you're also, I see on Instagram that you do little, like, um, iPhone um, home screens and yeah. all those yeah. cool little things. How did you start doing that? Um, I've actually been trying to get a little more into drawing, like, just plain drawing, not, like, drawing for an embroidery design or right. drawing for mm-hmm. things like that. Um, the two things I actually focused on in school... Um, once you get to like a junior or senior in design, they kind of, you're given the opportunity to take your collections in different directions. So if you like sportswear, if you like menswear, things like that. Um, I really focused on embellishments, so like embroidery stuff and print design. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's just something I've been trying to get a little back into, um, I recently bought an iPad, so I've been drawing on that and then taking prints and patterns into like Illustrator and stuff. So yeah, that's kind of my way of throwing like, those out yeah, there. Yeah, just like to exercise your yeah, creativity. Yeah, absolutely. So then did you start doing embroidery in college or was that something that you learned like when you were a kid? Really in college. Mm-hmm. I I remember doing a little bit, I think I cross-stitched with my grandma yeah, a little bit when totally I was younger. <laughs> yeah, but it was never something like I, I did all through my childhood or anything like that. It was definitely... My sophomore year, or my sophomore fashion year, um, I had a teacher who taught us embroidery, and I really enjoyed it. I loved putting, like, embroidery samples in my collections and um, stuff like that. So it was really, from there, something that carried me mm-hmm. to kind of to where I am now. So you just kind of kept playing around with it? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was such a fun way to add to designs. Um, I think when you're in school, like your options are kind of limited. You can go to Joann's and buy samples or you can buy like already made beaded things, but to embroider something yourself with like, you can pick the colors, you can pick the shape, you can pick, you can make it exactly to your collection. I always thought that was really fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when did you know that you wanted to turn it into a business? Um, I think, I sort of knew when I was still in school, like, I thought it would be a really cool thing to do, um, but time-wise, it was just never something that I was able to pull together. Um, once I graduated and had a little bit more free time, I guess, from not being in school, that's when I really started, um, I guess, planning. I was putting, trying to put a business plan together and try to visualize what it would really look like. It was one of the, I had so many ideas of, like, I could do this, or I could do this, or I can embroider bags, or this, and I had to kind of boil it down to like, I'm going to do t-shirts, yeah. and hoops, and that's where I'm going to start, right. and then we'll go from there, yeah. so, so it was did, really... What did that journey look like when you first decided, like what was the first thing that you did? Um, you visualized, I guess. I visualized, a, I spent too much time planning, I would say. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of like, well eventually I'm going to do this, but... I'll just read articles for now, or like whatever. Um, Once I got really serious, I think it was doing 
the other research of it, of like, how do I set up my Etsy account? How do I market this? Um, could I do flea markets? Could I, you know, how much do t-shirts cost? It was like, once you get into that, it really gives you a better idea of like, mm-hmm. how to really make it a reality. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it took me a while to get really serious about that. And then once I did, it was a pretty quick like setup. Mm-hmm. How long ago was that? Um, I officially opened the Etsy store the beginning of last June. So it's been a little over a year. Okay. So it's really short. At, yeah. It feels like it's been so long, but it really has. <laughs> what has evolved since then? Um, I would say the products have evolved. Um, I've kind of learned working at a t-shirt company, I had a pretty good idea of what products I wanted to use anyways. It's kind of nice because I'm getting a little bit of a peak already. So I knew like where to order shirts, what brands I liked. Um, so I definitely, I'm using nicer apparel now. I was kind of, I was so nervous when I started. I was like, I'm just going to get the cheapest shirt yeah. for because what if nobody buys these? Like, um, so now I'm to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm, I know what people would enjoy more. I'm, mm-hmm. It's kind of evolved into really what people, based on what people are liking. Um, when I started, I made tons of hoops and not a ton of t-shirts and I figured people don't have to try hoops on like they'll like them and they really were not as popular as I thought they were so I really shifted to more shirts I started making a couple hats people really like those more than I thought they would so now I have a ton of hats like it's really just evolved based on people's reactions to things there's designs that I really thought were going to be great and nobody wanted like great. yeah so it's just it's been interesting in that perspective to see um, how my expectations match up to what other people like. Yeah, yeah. Do you think the your Cleveland themed things are more popular? Or? Oh, they're so popular. Yeah, mm-hmm. I that was a big one when I started. I was like, everyone does Cleveland designs. I'm not doing them. Right. There's no way. Mm-hmm. And I think I did one eventually, and yeah, I was like, oh no. I have to. I have to do Cleveland right. stuff. And yeah. now, yeah, I have probably more Cleveland designs than not, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Cleveland, there's so much Cleveland apparel, but yeah. the way that you do it is just so different. Oh, thanks. Yeah. That was that was the goal. Is like, I don't want it to look... And it's hard when you're drawing designs, and then you go, oh, no, the Cleveland Clothing Company did that already. Right. Or, like, you look at one, and you're like, no, it looks too similar. So it really forces you to kind of push your ideas to yeah. something that hasn't been done before because yeah. so many things have been repeated for Cleveland. Yeah. So what does your creative process look like so that you don't keep doing the same thing? How do you get new ideas? Um, I take, they kind of come randomly. I take a lot of notes. I always have like my bullet journal with me or my notes app on my phone. Um, like I'll just see something because I'm trying to, I'm always trying to find like graphics or like images because they'll just be like a little graphic on a left chest or something Mm -hmm. but it's like what what graphic is cute and not dumb or like it's random enough that it's funny but it's not so meaningless that nobody it's like a weird line I've been trying to find um so yeah it'll just 
either be things that are really popular, everyone loves cactuses and succulents, yeah. or something, one of them I made was a paper airplane, and I mm, almost didn't cute. do it, and I thought it was such a throwaway, and yeah, the reaction, I was like, oh, cool, like that's one of my best-selling ones. Um, what were some of your throwaways? Um, I'm trying to, I did two or three last year that I ended up not remaking ever. One of them was, one was a campfire, and it said lit AF, and I thought it was hilarious, and it did not sell well at all. I had like three shirts that I couldn't get rid of, and I was like, oh no, nobody else thinks this is funny. I like it. I know, maybe I should bring it back someday, but it's just, it's been a few things like that, where maybe they just weren't catching people's eye. It's that weird, the one that is actually pretty popular is says Cleveland Vibes, and I made one as like a test, but I thought it wasn't legible enough, but I put it out anyways, and people really liked it, and so I do it now. I'm like, oh, you can read it, cool. Like, it, it's all kind of a test. Just seeing what people yeah. really gravitate towards. Yeah, and I think that's, one of the big things that's been helpful is being able to go to fleas and I could have just two of one t-shirt design made and it's going to get a lot of eyes. Mm-hmm. You could put something on Etsy and it could sit there forever and you don't know if it's because people looked at it and didn't care or if nobody's really seen it. It's it's hard to judge online. Yeah, that's so true because technology has really brought us to a place where we can do all these really cool things. but. I guess we still have to remember that the in-person contact is so important, yeah. and that's what's so cool about the Cleveland Fleas. Yeah. Like, really experimenting with what you're doing and getting, feed- like, actual feedback. Right. Mm-hmm. I really, I really at the beginning didn't think that fleas were going to be, like, a thing, my thing, or whatever, but um, they've been so helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially in Cleveland, getting recognition or getting like your name out there yeah you get a lot of eyes that you might not get otherwise it's so true yeah yeah so do you have any advice for anyone else trying to start their own side hustle um I would say be ready to adapt it's not going to be exactly what you thought it was um but if you can pay attention you kind of go in knowing what your customer is and you think you know what they're going to like but you might not um, I would, yeah, being being ready to adapt to what your customers are asking for, I think, is the biggest thing. And some things, you might have a launch that doesn't turn out the way you thought it would or whatever, yeah. but the next week you could have an opportunity pop up that you never thought you would have. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's all a balance yeah. of, like, oh, yeah. really great things happening and then being disappointed. And it's just kind of pushing through one to get to the other. Because if everything was great, then... Yeah. What would be the point? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There would be no challenge. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then adapting, that's so helpful too because you might, you don't want to be so set in your ways of what you're doing from the very beginning. Yeah. How are you going to grow? And yeah, yeah. I think so. I think sometimes you might hit it out of the park the first time. You might have like something really great, but um, yeah, I don't always be ready for that. Yeah, that's definitely. I don't mean that in a negative way. I think it's a really positive thing to like change and grow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, like I was saying before, it's really helpful for people to see like what roadblocks you went through, and so it's not always the 
picture-perfect Instagram layout. So what has been one of your biggest roadblocks with your business? Um, probably just not the time management, um, but not in the way that I don't know how to manage my time necessarily. It's that I have to choose what I'm giving up and what I'm filling the time with spending it on the business rather than going out or whatever it is. Um, it's just how you, deciding how you choose to balance your time, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody else, I can't remember who it was, was talking about that recently. And like, do you ever, are you ever as a small business owner feeling like you have enough time for everything in the day? And I don't think you can. I right. think there's just so much you can spend time with family or you can spend time by yourself or you can spend all your time on your business. Yeah. Like, it's just finding a balance that's right mm-hmm. for you. Yeah, I was talking to someone yesterday about how I feel like any time I get free time, I get so stressed out because yes. I'm like, I need to make the most out of this time. How yes. am I going to do that? That's something I've been working on is not not feeling guilty about not working on my business yeah. and spending time with friends or family or whatever, mm-hmm. but also like knowing which times I should say no to like right. going to dinner on a Tuesday because I could be working mm-hmm. or it's like it's finding those balances because yeah. I think there's times where you should maybe stay home and work on your business and I could stitch three shirts tonight instead of going out and spending money or Sunday I'm gonna go hang out with my family instead of staying home to work like mm-hmm. it's just finding I guess what's right for you yeah that's really helpful so we touched on this a little bit, how your job has kind of helped you with your business a little bit. Yeah. So can you just talk a little bit about the importance of that and how you balance it with your side hustle? Yeah. Um, I'm pretty lucky. I'm able to have a little bit of a flexible schedule at work. Um, since we do cater to a lot of college kids stuff, Um, our business kind of ebbs and flows with the college schedule. So in the summers, we're a little bit slower, um, and I have a little bit more time to focus on doing stuff on the side. Um, I'm able to take a day off here and there. Last, or earlier this year, I um, was able to participate in an art show, and I was able to take the day off. Um, It's just really nice having like a little bit of flexibility. Um, but I'm also committed to working on stitching shirts every, pretty much every night. It's, yeah, it's it's tough. It takes like a little bit of, I guess, perseverance. Um, sometimes you come home and you're like, I just want to nap. Like I don't want to do anything tonight. Right. But I, I yeah. definitely understand. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's easier for me because I can work from the couch, so mm-hmm. I'm able to you know, find a little bit more motivation to watch a TV show on Netflix and knock a couple shirts out or something like yeah, that. Yeah, totally. Do you yeah. ever find yourself at work thinking about your business? Yes. <laughs> I I will take, like, I'll have my little notebook and I'll, like, think of something and jot it down real quick. Um, I actually just, I, I can listen to my headphones at work, which I'll do pretty much all day, and I was listening to a lot of business podcasts for a while, mm-hmm. and it's fun, but I... I realized I was stressing myself out because yeah. I was like listening to these podcasts and I was like, oh, I could do this, I could do this, I gotta write this down. And then I was like, so much but I can't do it right now because yeah. I'm I'm doing this, I'm working right, right now. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I gotta lay off these because yeah. I'm like 
putting my brain in too many different directions. Totally, yeah. Just have to remind yourself to be present, I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's one of those things where it only works if you're doing both things right. Like, yeah. I don't think about one when I'm at the other. I really try to make a point to, yeah, do that. Mm-hmm. Do you ever see yourself going fully into your business? Um, I would like to eventually. I'm not... It's hard to it's hard to think about it because I think if I was doing the business full time, it would give me a lot of opportunities to make more money and be in the position where I can support myself. But I can't picture how that would work while I'm doing both right now. Um, I'm happy where I am right now. I I think eventually I'll take that leap. Um, maybe I'll supplement it with some freelancing or something yeah. like that. Um, that's another thing. It's hard to say. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll probably overplan that, that one as well. Definitely. So I guess I want to ask you what the most important thing is that you've learned so far from having your own business. Um, it's hard to say. I've, I feel like I have learned a lot about myself and what I really do enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could have started this business or I could have started a slightly different business and really not enjoyed it. Yeah. And it's like my both of my grandparents growing up, all my grandparents really were entrepreneurs, so it was always something I kind of knew I wanted. I always enjoyed seeing them and working for their businesses and um, all that kind of stuff, but it's really a different thing when you're in it. It kind yeah. of has taught me how hard they worked to get to where they were by the time I was remembering it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I can't, I mean, I don't know if I'll be around in 40 years, but it's it has taught me like how they got where they were, yeah. which is really interesting yeah, that's like, important. to see me mm-hmm. now. Yeah. yeah. So what keeps you inspired? What is there anything that maybe happened recently that really just kept you in the zone, kept you moving and grooving? Um, I think it's it's almost been things like the Flea and the Local Girl Gang or your podcast, like things, seeing other people in the community doing similar stuff and being able to kind of interact with them on such a close basis. It's not the same as watching someone on YouTube or reading a blog from someone in New York or California, yeah. like having the Cleveland base of people to yeah. like not only just watch what they're doing but interact with them and stuff I think that's been super helpful mm-hmm. yeah yeah I've it's been so much fun to get involved with everyone yeah. in the community I had no idea that it even really exists I mean mm-hmm. I think it is kind of a fairly new yeah thing around here but I wouldn't have ever been involved with anything like this right. if it wasn't for the business mm-hmm. so yeah yeah so can you just make some shout outs what are you loving right now podcasts Cleveland spots Instagram accounts all that kind of stuff um the pod well the business podcast that I listen to the most would probably be Gold Digger oh I've been listening to everyone loves her Mm -hmm. she's um I'm trying to think of what else Cleveland spots um just how much is open on Madison right now? Mm. I'm going to the vintage shop down the street. We, I went to Bruella's yesterday. Um, we're, I'm actually, I think, going to go over across the street after this, the Salvage Boutique. I've never been there. Okay. Um, 
I used to work there. Ooh. I interned there a little bit. Cool. Um, they were actually very helpful in like helping me start mm-hmm. things um, because I was able to bounce ideas off of them. Mm-hmm. But they do a lot of workshops and stuff, so it's been a lot of fun to cool. kind of be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. And then any books or TV shows or Instagram accounts? Oh, man. Um, I've actually... I've been watching a lot of YouTube lately, which is strange. I've never, strange for me, I've never been a YouTube person. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's something weird that I've really gotten into lately. I watch a lot of vlogs and vlogs and cool. things. Um, I really like watching makeup artists, even though I don't <laughs> do anything. Satisfying. Like, yeah, it's like really, I'm like, oh, it's nice to know that like I could try that if I wanted to. Right. Um, it's just a different, it's fun seeing other people that are creative in different ways yeah. than you. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a account, Alana Rama, and then Sam Ravendahl are two makeup artists that I watch cool. a lot. And it's just, it's fun seeing like people be creative in their own mm-hmm. way. Definitely. Books are tough. I, I've tried to listen to audiobooks sometime at work. Um, but it's also, it is a little distracting sometimes. Yeah, or I'll realize I haven't been listening to the book for like 20 yeah. minutes because I've been doing mm-hmm. other stuff. Yeah. yeah, I've been there, definitely. <laughs> so anything else you want to share? Um, I don't think so. And how can people find you? Um, SW Designs Anywhere. There's no vowels. SWDSGNS. Oh, cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. It. It Thank so much you. Fun. That was my conversation with Sam. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're dying to snag some of her one-of-a-kind hand-embroidered shirts, don't forget about the discount code. You have until November 30th to use the code MUSEROOM, all lowercase, for 10% off your purchase. Alright, that is all I have for you this time. Until next time, I will talk to you on the internet. Feel free to share the episode with your friends or leave a review. I would appreciate the support so much. Thank you for listening.